Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. It's your girl, Odalis Jasmine, and y'all listening to Hello Latino. Today, y'all about to be vibing and smiling and laughing because you're going to meet Arleni Vasquez. She is a licensed social worker and a first-generation Latina. She is an experienced social worker with over 10 years of working in social services, providing trauma-informed care. She is now the founder of her business, Your Evolved Mind where she is a social worker career coach, helping other social workers in all stages to market themselves effectively, build a personal brand, and get hired in any area of practice. Her area of focus includes resume and cover letter writing, personal branding, LinkedIn marketing, salary negotiation, and most importantly, confidence building. I am so excited for y'all to tune in and listen to her beautiful story, what she does for the community, etc etc let's jump right into it hi girl i feel like this is a long time coming i'm so excited to have you on the platform and just bienvenida welcome to hello latino oh my god thank you so much for having me yes new year new vibes new everything i'm just so excited mm-hmm. to Get into a juicy conversation and tell oh. our soul <laughs> that part I was telling Arleni earlier for all the... Arleni or Arlene? What do you like to ha- eat? What's your name? Harleni. 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 You could throw the Latin with Harleni or you can just Harleni. <laughs> Harleni. It just, it feels right. It feels right in my spirit. But um, for all the folks that are listening, I was just telling her earlier today that I had a cough attack. My computer was malfunctioning. And I'm like, oh, there's some cheese about to happen in this session, okay? Because <laughs> all the stuff was going on. So let's jump right into it. Hadleni, how do you identify and why? Beautiful question. So I currently identify as a first-generation Latina. And as a first-gen Latina millennial, I was the first in my family to receive my associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. That's what I mean about first generation. Of course, my mom immigrated here in her 20s and had me. And of course, I had to figure out life. (laughs) So I currently identify as a first-gen Latina millennial. (laughs) I love that. And let's talk about your mom's immigration story. I think it's always important to know where we came from, right? Like, what's our roots? Where we come from? Who's, where's the motherland? So let's talk about your mom and her immigration story here and the beginning, lo principio, de Harleni navigating first-generation life. Yes. Yeah, so my parents are both Dominican, so I'm Dominican. And yeah, my mom, you know, immigrated to the U.S. in her early 20s. Obviously, met my father here. And, you know, through that experience, you know, born and raised in New York, because obviously I forgot to say that, (laughs) born and raised in New York. And, you know, even though 
obviously my parents met here then you know later in life my mom was a single mom and she raised me and my younger sister you know alone which were only like two years apart and yeah being first generation you know, trying to navigate school trying to navigate you know career and all those things but the one thing I can definitely say is that through all of those that journey those barriers those challenges my mom was and still is my biggest cheerleader like no matter what if she had a really long day at work you know working she will always have a smile on her face and just make sure that you know we had the best childhood ever which I did but you know, even as a first gen, I think things really get real once high school hits. Because, you know, like elementary or middle school, it's like, all right, you're kind of like in your own world. But once, you know, you start navigating life and your future, I think for any, you know, first generation, it's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, I remember when I was in junior high and selecting high schools, I was like, ma, like, look, at there was this high school book. And I was like, ma, like, what, what what school do I pick? I don't know. There's so many. She was like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Go ask the neighbor, you know, upstairs. Maybe she can, she can guide you, you know, on, on, cause obviously I lived in an apartment building growing up in Inwood, which is known as Stegman, which is known by Washington Heights in New York City. But it's something along the lines that I was like, I'm here looking through a book and I'm like, oh my God, this high school is going to determine my future. I, I don't know what I want to do. I want to help people. I don't know. I got to navigate this thing. And I remember my neighbor was like, yeah, go, go to this school. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to this school. But it's just crazy to think even back then, I was like, what the heck am I doing? I'm here like, what school do I go to? Girl, I think for, okay, so first of all, for anyone that's going to school and knows what they want is crazy. Like asking any 17-year-old, like, ¿Quieres hacer por el resto de tu vida? I don't understand how that's even a question. But también, like, add first generation on top of that where your parents are like, Yo que sé, like, una doctora, una abogada, like, those are the two things I heard, but that's the two things that they saw had money. Like, I remember, it's so funny because you're going to laugh at this. When I was applying to college, my brother, he was the first one to go, so I was asking him all the questions, like, yes, to kids. Like, I don't know, you know, what? how do I apply? What, what I don't even know what major I want to do. And he was like, you know, I met some people who do like PR, public relations. And he's like, they're kind of like you. They like to talk a lot and <laughs> they like write all the time. And he's like, they kind of like it. So just go for it. And so I applied and that's how I got into my major and my career. Literally, he chose it for me and I jumped into it and I was like, okay, I don't do PR now. But a lot of the skills that I learned in class and outside the classroom, I have it now and what I do. But that's first generation life. <laughs> oh my God. And it's, and it's so crazy that you're saying that because, you know, obviously, even when I end up going to high school, I was always that go-to person when it came to people talking to me about their goals. Like that consejera. I was like known, my friends, my family. <laughs> and of course, with that particular interest, I was like, you know what? I think I want to be in the hospital. I want to help people. So then obviously being in high school and going into college, I ended up going towards the route of psychology and of course getting my bachelor's in psychology and then working in social services. And of course that led me into, you know, becoming a social worker and getting my license as a social worker and just working with the field. But through all of those things, it, you know, helped me realize what I'm really passionate about, which is obviously professional development, you know, helping people land jobs, mm -hmm. obviously me, current 
my side hustle, being a social work career coach. It's something Shout that, out. you know, you know, <laughs> it's more of like, you know, school doesn't teach you how to market yourself, doesn't teach you how to love yourself, doesn't teach you just how to navigate, you know, life after school. And it's something that, you know, I'm very passionate about. But it just made me think about that. And I'm like, how did my journey, you know, kind of evolve? But I always say, like, anyone who's listening, someone's trying to figure things out is, Ask people around you what you're good at. Like you said with your brother, like highlighting all of these key things. Yeah. It's more of like go towards the stuff. Lo hizo por malvado, okay? Up. He's like, they talk a lot like you, okay? So go for it. But no, I, I want to talk about that because you started a whole business on professional development and teaching self-love and teaching, you know, how to navigate these spaces, marketing yourself. Can you talk about what inspired that? So go back to your story. How was that when you chose high school? Like, que pasó después? How did you navigate these experiences of trying to figure out what you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Of course. So I think first thing I want to say is that back then, there wasn't much marketing around bachelor level social work. If I knew, then I would have gotten my bachelor's in social work uh. and kind of, you know, <laughs> pivoted into master's and graduated earlier. But going back to... Even the high, my high school years, again, like I mentioned, me being a first gen, I had to learn how to be resourceful, right? I can't obviously go to my mom and ask her about what should I do and what's career. She was just like, go to school and, you know, make money and have a career and have a life and yada, yada, yada. But even being in high school, I remember I went to a very small high school and, you know, it was very diverse and it's something along the lines of that. I had to learn how to be resourceful. So when it came to seeking out additional SATs, then I had to, you know, find programs that gave me SATs just because I felt my school at that time didn't have the appropriate resources to, you know, prepare me for life. And I ended up being resourceful and also seeking internships, which ended up exposing myself into working in the hospital. Again, a high school, 16-year-old me, you know, um, being an intern through the summer at a hospital, you know, obviously in the billing department, but it just kind of gave me that exposure. And around that time, I was like, okay, I love the brain. I'm so passionate about, you know, just prof not professional, but like people achieving lifestones and just the way that um, people evolve and all those things. So I was like, you know what? Psychology it is. But the thing was that unfortunately, my SATs were not that well. So I ended up actually going to community college first before I ended up getting, you know, transferring into a four-year mm -hmm. school. But even in community, I was studying psychology and all those things. And even through undergrad, I was like, you know what? I, I started working with children, adolescents who were dealing, you know, with mental health uh, diagnosis and just really being uh, supporting them in the community and providing resources. That was something that I started doing when I was an undergrad. And of course, from there, it just evolved. Then I worked, worked for the shelter system and then foster care. And then I ended up being exposed to even more social workers. And I was like, I guess this is my path. Social work is calling me. But through all those things, I had that fire of just helping others meet their goals in general and just change their life. But as I mentioned earlier, is that Throughout my friends and families, I was always known as the consejera. So in all the roles that I held, whether I was the therapist, whether I was a caseworker, whether I was a supervisor and I supervised, you know, clinicians and interns, I started to realize that, wait a minute, Harleni, I'm getting more lit up talking to people about their goals than I am about serving the families in the community. And I think what was that 
prior to this was right before the pandemic. So fall of 2019, I ended up getting that itch. Because again, like I mentioned, I've been a natural cheerleader, career cheerleader all my life, doing things for free. People will come to me with resume and cover letter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can help you. Like it was just doing stuff out of to help, right? Just because I generally love, you know, helping people again, uh, have success. But fall 2019, I was like, I want to do something more. I'm getting that itch. I wasn't thinking about business and being a career coach. I was just like, you know, I want to start a community. I got on LinkedIn. I got on Instagram. And I just started sharing content. But little behold, the moment I started sharing content and just being my authentic self, first gen Latina, social worker, you know, all of these things, I was like, wait a minute, my community is, you know, growing. And I'm like, wait out there. People started coming to me for questions and like, oh, my God, do you do resume? Do you do this? And I'm like, OK, I think I got to charge now because I get, I'm getting all of these things. So my business, Your Evolved Mind, which is a career consulting um, business, my fellow side hustle, you know, I start, I created it and it really cook off, kicked off. I'm going to cook off. I'm like thinking about dinner. <laughs> it kicked off. I know, you're también. The beginning. <laughs> it kicked off like the beginning right before the pandemic and, you know, it was just something that I knew that I I always say I was born to make an impact just because of my natural extrovert self. But I just knew that like I had this platform and I wanted to do more. And of course, even going back to my story, because again, we forget. I think what really sparked more of my interest in wanting to start that platform was that as soon as I graduated, just so people understand a little bit. As soon as I graduated with my master's in social work, obviously getting your master's in social work, you can do many things. You can go be a therapist. You can, you know, work in government, all those things. But at that time, my goal, as I mentioned before, I wanted to be a hospital social worker. In order to be a hospital social worker, you need to be licensed. So as soon as I graduated from graduate school, reality set and I could could not pass my licensure exam ni por mi vida. Like I took it so many times, test anxiety was real. And I'm not going to lie, it made me feel like I wasn't enough and that there was something wrong with me. Again, being a first gen and all that stuff, I'm like, I finally have this titulo. I finally have this goal, but I can't do this one thing that I, I need to do for my career. So I think all of those experiences kind of led me. And like I said, to school doesn't teach you marketing and todo eso. So I was like, you know what? I got to do something. I can't you know, be in this rut hole. So as soon as I graduated, mind you, I graduated, oh my God, in 2018. So this is right a year before I, I got that itch to start my platform. So I ended up, you know, teaching myself about personal branding, marketing myself. And I was able to land a supervisory role without super having supervisory experience because of me marketing Ooh. my previous years okay, of experience girl. in the field. <laughs> so the reason why I want to give everybody this picture is to under, for everyone to understand is that Obviously, me being a supervisory position fueled my passion for professional development. And then once fall 2019, you know, ended up giving me that passion. And again, 2020, year of mine, you know, kicked over me being a social career coach, workshop facilitator, y ayudando my fellow social workers across the nation. Because not only New York, yo tengo, cli yo tengo cliente en California, because, you know, it comes in, it comes in hot. Too. Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> So it's really like more of like, that's how my journey took off. But of course, because of my love of professional development in 2020, after like 10 years, I finally left social services and I pivoted into 
recruiting and I ended up pivoting first before my job now. I was um, a talent equity manager for a nonprofit in New York and I was recruiting social workers for community schools because again, I had that supervisory experience. Again, it's all about marketing and then now, oh. you know, I'm in tech, still a recruiter. So that's pretty much my, my journey in a nutshell, but I, I hope that you're able to realize that everybody as well, como cotodo, like really fell into place for me. And it's still going. <laughs> Girl, I mean, I'm empiezo. That's so... Oh my God, it's a story. I know I came in high. Oh came my God. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just so beautiful, first of all, that you... I feel like this is such a first-gen thing, but you figured out how to market yourself and now you're teaching that. Like, so much of the first-gen experiences and like, enseñando a ti misma, like, literally learning everything for the very first time. And what I love about the first gen community is that we want to open doors for whoever follows because we know like Helene's like this shit was hard for me let me make it easier para lo que vengan después and I think it's really beautiful that you're teaching yourself these skills and really passing on the torch and diciéndole a la otra a la otra persona like you can do this too and here's how you do it and this is how you evolve your mind how you channel self-love I have one question for you because you're talking about all these things and showing up for a lot of people. How have you channeled self-love in all of this? Because it sounds like you're showing up like consejera para todos and showing up for everyone. How do you simultaneously like give yourself love and show up for yourself? What does that look like? The golden question. So <laughs> I think what ended up happening and, and I have a, I have a point to this. So Obviously, now I'm in therapy uh, two years in, you know, healing myself, healing my inner child and working towards my journey into, you know, healing and loving myself because that's something that I mentioned. I also am very vulnerable and I always share my own struggles besides being a first gen like all of us. But, you know, my 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 true barriers of for a long time, you know, dealing with like low self-esteem and like confidence, you know, growing up and all those things. But I'm actually... I don't want to say grateful for the pandemic because it was very, very unfortunate thing that we all had to go through. But the pandemic, obviously, like a lot of us, it woke us up. And I was like, because of the pandemic, you had more time on your hands. And through the pandemic, I found myself just being so involved into like so many things, obviously being multi-passionate. That I think just one moment just hit me that I was like, I'm not okay. Like, I need to go to therapy. Like, at the end of the day, like you said, I pour so much into others that for so long I didn't take a moment to reflect like I need to take time for me to heal me so that I can be able to do that so I am thankful that we were able to have some time again now the pandemic was a very and we're still in a pandemic I say but are it we? just I mean according to 2023 they're trying to eliminate right. it but that's another story but it just again <laughs> it's more of like you know everybody should be in therapy everybody should have someone to talk to and I feel like for me you know, therapy and also setting boundaries and, you know, t protecting my energy and just, you know, saying things that don't say no to things that don't serve me. I've learned yeah. the hard way because, again, I, I give so, so much. And so I realized, like, I can't give so much. I need to have a balance. <laughs> you know, I think that's a that's is that a Latina thing? Because I was just talking about this. We had a hella first gen earlier today. And we're talking about self-love. And one thing that I am still unlearning is, and I probably forever will, but 
my mom is like, my mom and the women in my family were the type of women que le servían a todos primero, and they were the last ones to sit at the table. And I would always tell my mommy, like, you're just not going to eat? And she'd be like, yeah, espérate, espérate un poquito. And she would not eat. And she would wait for all of us. She would clean up after us. Y después se sentía, se senta, sentaba, perdón, sentaba a comer. And I just, it's learned behavior. It's what you see every day in your household. So I naturally became that person in life. Even in partnership, we could talk about so, love, right? And first gen, a different, different topic. But I naturally became that person and I had to learn. And my therapist tells me all the time, Debbie, if you're listening, I'm channeling you. But she tells me all the time, like, you have to honor your own needs and your own wants primeramente first. Number yeah. one, I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. That, that goes against all the Latina beliefs, but it's true. We have to because. Like, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about showing up for the community and showing up for a lot of different people that it naturally made me think of, like, how do you show up for yourself? For the people who are listening, because I think that's a really big Latina thing. We we overwork, somos chambiadoras. And so we tend to overwork ourselves and we don't show up for, for ourselves. So for all the Latina entrepreneurs, Harleni, do you have any tips on how to, because entre- I'm an entrepreneur too. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. What are some tips that you have for all the entrepreneurs that get the sun escuchando, for all the entrepreneurs that are listening to you? What tips do you have on how to preserve your mental health, on how to build a dope business, and how to stay true to who you are? Of course. So number one, obviously, tapping into your authentic self. And, you know, just like I tell job seekers, like creating that list of non-negotiables, things that are truly important to you that you know to your very core I am not going to give this up for no one. And I think that, you know, social media, the entrepreneurship world is like, you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to show up like this or you got to have this type of, you know, business. It's more of like wake up at three in the morning and work out at four. Like, no, no, I'll I'll wake (laughs) up at seven o'clock and, you know, and have my sleep. But it's more of like, do like assess your life. Assess the type of person that you are and adjust your business to that particular model. Because the difference is, especially for us who are fellow side hustling, is that we're task shifting from employee mindset to entrepreneurship mindset. Because no olvida that when we're an entrepreneur, if we don't want to do something, we can cancel. We can reschedule. If we if we don't like how our, our business is going, we can change it. We are in control. We are the CEO to our life. So I think it's very important. And again, I got to remind myself that because sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I got to do And I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I don't have to. I can reschedule. Mm-hmm. So it's really about number one, check, well, two or three, because I'm saying so much, but checking in with your energy, checking in with the environment that you're in, the people that you're letting in or the people that you're not letting in, but also reminding yourself of your why. Why did you start this business in the first place? What is your goal? What is your mission? I always say I'm on a mission to uplift and elevate the social work profession because I am truly am. There's so much stigma about social workers and foster care and like taking kids away and not making money. Like there's just so much. You could, you could literally Google it, but I'm trying to oh, change yeah, yeah. that. But it's just coming from a place of like, there's only one of you. You're an asset and you have to put yourself first. And of course, as us first gen is you can't feel guilty for footing your knees first because you did nothing wrong. That first-gen guilt is so real, so real. 
exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I want to go back to your story and go back to your mom immigrating to to Washington Heights from the DR and you growing up in this like figuring out high school and like esto que like how am I going to move in this world and going to community college what I love about your story Hadleni is that you are so vulnerable about saying I didn't pass my SATs and I had to go to community college and I didn't get a high you know like you're very honest about those parts of the story and the journey. Can you talk about those moments? Because I'm sure now looking back, you were like, you know, I was able to get through it. But how did you navigate those moments in the moment? Because there's a lot of folks that are listening that maybe are in that spot, whether they're going to community college or they're going into work and feeling like they don't belong or feeling like, oh, how do I navigate this? What, what was that moment like for you? And how did you move through it? Oh, my God. Great question. I'm not here trying to reminisce. I was like, OK, how do I feel? How do I feel? I think that, like, again, for any high school student, being around family or not even family, being around friends, peers that, you know, you've been with them since freshman year or even know since, like, elementary. And everyone has that same, well, most have that same goal. Okay, I'm going to go to college. We're going to go to, not even a college, a four-year college. We're going to go to four-year college. We're going to pass our SAT. That's everyone's, like, mindset, right? Obviously, school is like SAT, and they, they start prepping you from every every moment but I think for me is that even though yes I got more resources obviously adult me knows that I have really bad test anxiety and I never really took which obviously I learned because of my social work licensure exam and obviously I'm a licensed social worker now after many attempts because the last time that I took it I addressed my test anxiety so I think what I want everyone to know is assess your learning style like sometimes school society Tends to be like, you need to study like this, Ija, and, and like really ass assess uh, assess yourself. But going back to that moment, again, it, it really took a toll. I mean, I made me it made me think like, I'm not enough. Like, what am I doing? All my peers are getting a whole bunch of high SAT scores. They're going to four-year colleges, and I'm here like going to a freaking two-year, right? So it, at that moment, obviously now I'm proud and I can say it, but back then I felt ashamed. I was like, damn, I'm in, nobody needs to know I'm in community college. Like, no, that I don't need to tell anybody. Oh, like, wow. that was like my mindset. Oh, you were hiding because it. Not really hiding. Not, not that people asked me and I didn't say it, but I wasn't like como, obviously back then, social media, no, no es como lo que ahora, pero it's just more on the lines of just like, yeah, I'm going to go to four years. I'm just there to get credits. And, you know, like, I felt like I was justifying it rather than like, this is where I'm at. Um, But I think that, my push again being my mother everything that she sacrificed i mean she literally sacrificed coming here in her 20s like and it was just like boom and then having family and then and la inocencia right but it just coming from that place of like again i knew that even though i had all this weight on my shoulders like harleni you're the first you have to you know build an example for your younger sister like i knew because i'm so obviously even if deep down i had moments and you know i'll feel doubtful and i'll you know, feel really low. I'll have those moments. But one thing about me is that when I'm determined, I'm like, you know, like all of us, I'm like, I'm going to get it done. At the end of the day, this is my plan. And obviously, once I graduated from associates, I got into all the four years that, you know, I applied and that, that felt so good. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I can say in looking back and speaking to younger me as a first gen which I know a lot of us are doing it for our parents or caretakers, but don't tie your success to education. 
because, you know, if you have a particular vision and it doesn't go that way, you're going to you're going to feel crushed. You can still be successful in anything that you do. At the end of the day, you don't have uh, obviously school is not for everyone. But I'm just saying, like, it's okay to have goals, but just don't tie that to your self-worth. Because if you do, it's going to, you're always going to be chasing the next thing. So that's like my advice. I was like, we'll tell my younger self. I'll be like, girl, you're doing, breathe. If it doesn't happen, it's okay. You're smart. You're an asset. You're going to figure it out. Like that's, that's something I wish I would have had <laughs> when I was younger. Oh my you know? God. Oh, you gave me chills because that's so, so true. Like the amount of first generation pressure that folks feel the guilt the pressure i mean todo existe all of it exists in one but that pressure like it brought me back to those that age where i was like oh my god i didn't get an a oh my god i didn't get this gpa oh my god i didn't get to this school and feeling like i fallé and i'm over here like wait i'm in a four university is not one of the top ones in the whole country no but it's a university and no one else in my family had this. So, mirame. But we get so caught up in trying to do the most. But I want to pause here because I'm the youngest of seven, the siete hermanos. And you said you're the oldest. I want to I wanna talk about the oldest child, oldest daughter syndrome in the Latino community because it's real. It happens. I literally had a heart-to-heart with my older sister. She's the oldest of seven. So she was telling me her experience of being la segunda mama and always running around, being like cleaning up after us, bossing up. She bosses around all the time, bossing us around, but also being another caretaker, but feeling like she never had a childhood at the same time. Talk to me about that experience for you, whether you relate to what I just said or not. Explain what it's like to grow up as the oldest child, because that's a different level of pressure that I don't know. Oh my God. I mean, getting, getting real, getting deep. So I think with that, like going back, I mean, me and my sister were only two years apart. So it's more of like even growing up. I mean, even till now, you know, she, she looks up to me. And again, by the way, shout out to her because she also got her ma- uh, bachelor's and master's and, you know, doing her thing. So we were both oh, the yeah. first in our family. The Vasquez familia. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, shout out to you, girl. You know, if you, you're going to listen to this, I'm going to send it to you. But yeah, I think kind of going back, it's more of like, I, I obviously now understand like all the pre- actually puts pressure on my sister. Well, put out the pressure on my sister because it was just like, oh, you got to do, you got to follow in Harlanese footsteps. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like always comparing, you oh, know, wow. me. Oh. So I think for me, it was more of now I recognize it that it was cheap for all that pressure. For me, I had a different type of pressure. It wasn't like take care of like, yes, like, look out for your sister. But I think for me, being the oldest, obviously, sister, my mom, everything, my world. But for me, I was just, like, I had a vision because I want to make my mom proud. Like, that was just, like, my only focus, right? And, yes, obviously, I, at times, will serve as a caretaker in a way, right? Like, when I'll be old enough, take care of her, and mom is working, and all that stuff. You know, just kind of just being, you know, that big sister. But that was just playing a big sister role. It wasn't, like... For me, at least, I didn't feel como, like, oh, you're the oldest, you should know type thing. Because I always was had like a, a strong head on my shoulders. Because I always, mm. I always saw like the end road. You know what I mean? Claro. For some people, it's like you can't do that because you're the oldest and all that stuff. And I get it. Everyone's journey is different. But for me, 
I can honestly say like I always made my mom proud because I just was you know in that in that in that route but I can only seeing it from my sister's perspective it like you said like you not being you having an older sister it's kind of having like oh my god I gotta do what she does I gotta do I gotta follow her steps if not that I'm not you know enough and all that stuff but you know it's all about obviously we're close and we have those relationships as well and everybody is healing at this point but it's just more of like if you're currently are in that particular situation is if you identify as the oldest like I think one thing too and obviously now I'm older and I can talk to my mother like if anyone's in that particular situation and I understand sometimes they may not understand but it's also like if you feel comfortable whether it's your mother your father your aunt your grandma um, but just having honest conversation, like, I want you to know, like, I'm figuring this out by myself. And, you know, just having honest conversation, I was like, you know, I, all I want from you is just to love me, to be there for me. You know, I'm figuring this out. Like, you know, just a little bit of reassurance. And I think sometimes most of us, you know, I know it's not not everyone has that, you know, perfect scenario that you are feel safe enough to have that discussion but it's just more of like if you do feel safe, like bring it up because another day, like you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have oh. to suffer in silence. You're not alone. Snaps to that. I'm afraid that you're not alone. You're not alone. I one thing I love about coaches because I've had coaches in my life is that they provide you with just so much assurance and affirmation that you're on the right path. Because as someone that has a lot of anxiety and overthinks literally everything, having a coach tell me like, despacio, it's okay, it's okay, it's everything. As a coach for you, because you have your own business, a lot of empowerment, and it's a lot of vulnerability, this professional development work. I mean, you said you started going on LinkedIn and Instagram and you started posting content. Posting content is the most vulnerable thing. Like you're posting every day, talk, like showing your face, talking about your vulnerable shit. Like it's hard. It's really hard. How did you start to do that for yourself? And how did you start to just post your story out there? Like, was it vulnerable? Do you still, are, are you still like, mm, I don't know, but I'm Oh no, I say it all. I say it <laughs> all. I say it all. And again, I understand that that's not the same case for everyone and for everyone who who's listening and is an entrepreneur, you don't have to be vulnerable, you know, to have a successful business. It's really, again, you're in control. For me, because again, I'm a natural career cheerleader. And obviously, once a social worker, always a social worker. Like I generally want others to know that they're not alone, which is why I share my story, which is why I talk about, again, healing, my self-love, not passing license, all those things, because it's obviously part of my brand. But I think what happened was maybe at the beginning, thinking going back to fall 2019, I was like, it was all tips. How to interview, how to, you know, do this. And I was like, I sound so robotic. I was like, I don't want to sound like everyone else. Like you can go on Google and look up and no shame to coaches who do that, by the way. I don't want nobody coming for me. I'm just huh? saying like. You're going to get hella DMs after this. you be like, uh, Helene. <laughs> No, do you, do you. What, whatever works for your life and your brand, that's on you. But for me, I want to be more than the person that gives tips. I want to be, you know, I'm someone's older sister, someone's older cousin. At the end of the day, I want people to see themselves in me and vice versa. So I think what happened was I was like, okay, I created this platform. I started this business. 
what's my why? I want to uplift the profession. So in order for me to do that, I need to be real. And I think what happened was, I think I told myself, Harleni, every single day that you don't share your story, that someone else's life that could be missing out when it comes to their transformation. And like I said, the moment that I started, boom, boom, got to snap fingers. But honestly, again, the moment I started, even to this day, people are like, oh, my God, thank you for sharing your story. I'm not alone. Like, I still get that, like LinkedIn, all these platforms. And I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Because, again, we forget, obviously. But it's just more of, like, those little reminders. Like, girl, just share your story. Like, be your authentic self. And, again, being first gen, obviously, part of my story, because it's, it's always a lot. But, again, some people can... You know, most people can relate to this about like even growing up, like, you know, obviously I'm an extrovert, you know, sometimes I get so excited. I speak loud. My tone of voice is loud. And for many years, people will be like, and I think all of those things, obviously subconsciously, you know, impacts you like, okay, I gotta, you know, be a little serious. But I think Again, as time on evolved, like I'm no longer going to be silent and I'm going to speak my truth and live my truth and my purpose. And again, just just be myself. I mean, again, people attract to me like how we connected because of energy, because it just clicks, you know, like when you're yourself, you will find people, authentic people to join your community. Mm. That's what I'm saying. What's that? What's the quote? It's like your vibe attracts your tribe. Yes. Oh it's my God. real. Oh my God. <laughs> episode title, episode title. But no, yeah. that's that's so real. And I want to because I want to ask you that because I think so much of our experiences like navigating just how we are our authentic self, because sometimes I, I get over the authentic term because it's overused, but it's real. Like we need to be authentic. And it also starts in your family sometimes. Like you just said. People saying like la voz muy alta, like you, you relájate, like relax, relax. How did you start to love yourself and love those parts of you again? Because, I, like you said, subconsciously we internalize that and we change our tone a little bit, right? We adjust it in certain spaces, or like we're like, mm, maybe don't show it there. How did you really start to embrace the authenticity and really love Harleni for? the loud voice that she has, the extroverted voice that she has, how did you start to love on yourself? Honestly, because the start of my business. Because really? it is, it, yeah. So I think, I think it really, it excelled because I feel like, again, 2019 me was still in the realm of like, licensure is not going to take over. Like, you know, I was still trying to figure myself out like when it comes to like, just what am I doing with my life? And I wasn't saying that I would, like, not be my authentic self. It was just, like, I didn't accept it. Remember, therapy, I, I think I started only during the pandemic. So, or after the pandemic, two years, two years ago. But I think, honestly, and not saying that I needed someone's validation to, you know, help me kind of be my authentic self. But I think because me creating the pl- platform that I mentioned and seeing, you know, so many people out there that could relate to me. I think that just gave me like, como the, perm- I mean, not saying I need a permission, but honestly, it's just more of like, Harleni, this is your purpose. Like, be your authentic yeah, it's self. Affirmation. Like, it gave you like affirmation. your life depends on, and I'm you on like, like affirmations, manifestation. 
And because of that, again, the community started to grow. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to be my unapologetic self and I'm just going to go with it. So I think it just took me being able to see myself through another lens and not tie my success to a career and not tie myself, not, not even to career, to like a title. Again, licensed social worker and this. And I feel like it just had to like take myself out of that and finally do something different for me to recognize like this is you if that makes sense and there's so much liberation with that like not tying yourself to a gpa to school to your career to a title to a label there's so much liberation stepping out of that and like what did you say earlier i identify as a first generation latina dominican from washington like that's who you are these labels and these titles that's not you you're not a corporate social worker you're literally a entrepreneur a founder a first in latina a woman badass latina like you're all of those things and more and i think it's one of the things that i want everyone to just like in their minds to bold to highlight from your story is that your story is power like your story can be the liberation that you've been looking for your story can be the entrance into a business an entrepreneur an entrepreneurship or an opportunity it can be your source of power and I, I learned that I'm loving that you're talking about this because I'm like, I'd be preaching this on every soapbox possible, like own your story. But you could look at lo que pasa es que we don't have enough spaces to tell our story that it doesn't feel safe enough to tell it. You know what I mean? And so you're saying, Absolutely. put yourself out there, tell your story. Also love that you say you don't have to be vulnerable to have your successful business because you don't. And I also am a big believer in not everybody needs access to your story. Because some people, they don't deserve your vulnerability is what I say. They don't deserve exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have to ask, like, again, like I mentioned, for me, it's part of my brand because of the community and the platform that I'm, I'm building. So obviously, it's relevant for me. But for someone who's listening, that's like, nah, I just, I just want to find a community or whatever. You still can, obviously, LinkedIn and all these platforms. But I think it's just coming from that place of, like, like you said, it just reminded me of my power. We all have power, right? We're, we all have control, Everybody. right? We all have the true power to create the success we desire, whatever that will look like. But we forget that because, again, school and career and, and it's just in a box in society and you forget and you're like, wait a minute, who am I? I thought I wanted this, but I actually don't want this, right? So it's more along the lines, I think it's so free, again, I don't regret my career path. I would do it all over again because it led me to today. And yes, I'm not in entrepreneurship full time because, again, I truly love what I do. Being a recruiter, I'm talking to people about their goals. I'm helping people, you know, navigate the next steps in their career. I'm Everything just aligns, right? So you have to ask yourself what's important to you, right? Like, again, I love all both of, best of both worlds. And it's really about asking yourself, what it, I mean, no one always goes to personal branding, but what do you want to be known for, right? Like, if you were to write your oh, own autobiography. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's real because I tell people all the time, whether you know it or not, you have a brand. Because people, if you have a social media profile, you have a brand. Like, every, someone's going to know you by something. Like, I, I can know X person from high school based on the pictures that he or she be posting. You know what I mean? Like, I can always... I can always tell you about these different people and their brands because everyone has one. But I think the power is knowing that you can control the brand. You can curate the brands. You can 
change the brand up and start from scratch. You can rebrand, like you can do all of that because it's your story to tell. And I think there's power in knowing that we are not our circumstances, but we can write the story that we want moving forward. We can't control what zip code we're born into, what opportunities we have access to, what our accent, our colors, our sasson. We can't, we don't have access to any of that. We are not our circumstances, but we can write the story that we want. And Adlani, I love that you wrote the story that you want. And you're like, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to get this bag in corporate, in tech. And I'm going to also get back to the community through this business. And it reminds me of myself because, you know, we out here doing the same. But there's power in that too. And you're showing folks that it's possible to do both. I think there's so much, uh, there's so much of a but or an or, but it's like a yes and. I, I work in this space and I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, and I, I have both businesses. You know what I mean? Like, there's power exactly. in that. And, you, and I think, too, like, because obviously, you know, there's just so much noise right now in general within the job market. But you have to remind yourself, your brand, obviously, you want to make sure that it aligns to whatever employer you want to go to. So don't be afraid to be you as well. That's how you know that it all clicked. Girl. To a certain extent, of course, right? But I think it's like... For me, it's more of like, again, once I gave myself that freedom, I was like, I'm just going to be myself and they're either going to accept it or they're not. And that looks different for everyone. But I'm just saying there's just so much liberation. You know what? This is myself. I'm going to be high, yeah. extrovert, Harlenny, you know, full of life. <laughs> and if this is what it is, then great. If not, then, you know. What does that look like for you? How does that manifest itself? Like, let's say you're in an interview. Like, how do you how do you show up as your fullest self? Great question. So I think for me, it's more of like, I'm, I'm okay, perfect example. So I recently, not recently, ooh, rewind, I'm like a 73. Years ago, years ago, I went to an interview. It was like within higher education. And I'm someone, if you know me, I'm always smiling. Like I'm always happy. Just that's just my personality. And I remember in the, during the interview, the question was, is, I see that you're always smiling. You're so happy. Like, what if people find that? Like, what are you going to say if someone's like, why are you so happy? Like, the fact that she asked that question, it made me feel, I can only envision the environment that I have to be like, told my happiness or told my happy, happy, you know, go-to person. So that is what I mean about being in an interview, not being your authentic self or not even the employer accepting who you are. So you know, even like for the current job that I had or previous jobs that I had interviews, I mean, I will be in an interview and I'll be this happy go person. I'll be like, yes, you know, I'm so passionate about this. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, no filler is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. yeah. And just really ha like letting my authenticity and my passion, like just showcase, because again, when I get excited, I talk a lot, <laughs> you know, I express myself. I don't see talk a lot. Let me, let me change that vocabulary. But I express that part, myself reframing that was reframing in the moment y'all okay yes I That's express therapy. myself I yes you see it's not about awareness I mean we're not I'm not perfect but it's really about like just feeling like wow I can be myself I can I, I can feel smart enough I can feel enough I don't have to doubt my abilities in this very moment that is also what I mean about being your authentic self I always say you should not be in an interview where you're so tense when you're sweating that you're like, oh, my God, like my life depends on it. If you feel like that in an interview, that job is not for you. That is my honest truth. There's many opinions around it. But 
for me, the best jobs, and of course, including where I'm at, it was just so amazing. I was just like, we were just talking. It wasn't even like, we would just have a conversation. I'm like, yo, they get me. They get me and they accept me for who I am. That is what I meant about, you know, be your authentic self. Because Clara, the word that one in an interview, you're like, you can't. And again, I've, I personally have experienced that. And I never want anyone that I talk to, candidates, clients, to ever feel like that. Like, breathe. Like, again, don't tie your <laughs> success to a job. Oh, Which, again, girl. I know people got to pay bills. I, I don't want people to come for me and be like, I need to get paid. Do what you got to do. Pay your bills. Live your life. I'm just talking about if you're in a position and you are exploring, be kind to yourself. But that could be but that could be a goal, too. Like, you got to get the bag and, you know, pay your bills. But you can, it could be a short-term goal. You could say, you know, I'm going to get this job for six months. I'm going to keep looking and keep being intentional for that next role. And I want to ask you, I know we're like hella at a time, but we're just going to keep going if you don't mind. But one thing, one thing I want to, I want to ask you is how have you, you know, now that you've been in these corporate spaces, have you ever had a moment where you felt like you couldn't be the loud Adlini and you had to, you know, tone it down? Because as I'm, I don't know if you know Adlini, but I got impacted by layoffs and girl, I hate the interview process. I'm like, oh, Dios mio santo rey. Like, I just cannot. But I am so like on on a on steroids. I am so intentional about being a hundred percent me in those interviews. Like I show up with me red lipstick with my long nails, and I make sure I show them like you know I'm talking, and then I have my big hoops, and I'm intentionally just being myself. And even in moments where I'm like, oh, let me hide this little chain, or let me hide, I'm like, oh, girl, this is all me. They're hiring all of this. And going into those interviews and seeing just how confident I feel because I'm not trying to pretend to be anybody else and, and exert energy in that space and just being able to talk about my skill set and my expertise and my experience, it's so liberating. And I we've said it so many times on this podcast and I've said it so many times on my personal platforms, but your story, who you are, where you come from, all of who you are is the superpower that's the uniqueness it's going to leave an imprint on that person i already know everybody i interview with i'm like they're going to remember me whether they hire me or not they're going to know exactly who olali jasmine is and there's power in that but what about you have you experienced like in these spaces once you're in it after the interview process how have you preserved hadleni through all of it of course i mean i think that again still being still reminding myself of who I am. So if it's me facilitating a meeting, attending a meeting, leadership, whatever, is I'm not going to be like, hi, I'm Harleni. Hi, I'm Harleni. I'm so excited to be here. Like that is how I literally will show up in every single meeting. Like I literally tell people, if you ever see me not being my like vibrant self, then I'm sick. Then that's how you know that I'm like, I have a flu and I have, like I literally say that when I first meet people. I'm like, this is and and people love that again at the end of the day like zoom fatigue is real and all that stuff and i want to make sure that i always bring the fire i always bring the candela you're always gonna have fun we're gonna have fun just like i help my clients make the job search process fun i also bring the fun to work like i don't want to be in a meeting and everyone's like no i'm gonna be the jokester i'm going to you know just uh uh be the fun one like i'm just i'm just i'm fun i'm sorry i'm fun i'm fun i joke 
And at the end of the day, like, la candela. <laughs> claro, I'll throw dance parties. Like, uh, you know, I got to throw some typical sometimes and I'll be dancing and stuff. I bring the typical too. Like, I'm telling you, I don't play. People, people when they, I after they know, it. they're like, Harleni, the one with the dogs. So I have dogs. Harleni, the one who loves typical. The one who loves to dance. I make sure, like you said, I leave my imprint everywhere. If people going to take yes, it or not. Yeah. So, tu sabes. <laughs> Yo, tu sabes. Uh, lady, I could talk to you forever, girl. I, I love that Same. you are so, I love that you're reminding everyone listening right now that they can be 100% who they are, whether they're extroverted, introverted, whether they love. There's an employer out there waiting for you. That's what I'm yes, saying. Yes, right? Like there is someone out there who wants to hire you, who wants your expertise. And there's a business out there waiting to be built too, you know? So I'm just happy that you're here reminding people que su, su story, su historia, su poder, like that's where the power is and that's where the liberation is. And that's what it was for you. So I'm so happy And your voice matters. Your voice matters always and you are enough just the way you are. Boom. <laughs> Say it again for the people in the back, girl. <laughs> you're enough. You're enough. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go into a quick, we we literally did a whole cafecito and cheese, man, but I want real quick, how can people find you, your business, your about mine? How can they book a consultation with you? How can they do everything? Yes, yes. Well, I'm on LinkedIn by Harleni Vasquez. If you're currently identified as a social worker, I work with social workers in all stages. Whether you're a student, whether you're a recent grad season social worker, I work with social workers also across the nation. So if you're currently exploring, trying to figure out your next career path, just send me a message. I love voice notes. And of course, I'm also on TikTok and Instagram because I just started TikTok having so much fun. I'm on TikTok and Instagram by my business name, Your Evolve Mind. And of course, if you're interested in learning more about my services, check out my website, yourevolvemind.com. Oh, and remind folks what your services are. Because I'm over here like me, I might just go, I'm not a social worker, but I can become one for a day. <laughs> Absolutely. Girl, I forget again, you forgot what you do. So as a social work career coach, I work with social workers in all stages and I teach them how to market themselves, how to build a personal brand to get hired in any area of practice. So we're talking about confidence building, personal branding, LinkedIn, resume, cover letter, interview prep. Style your negotiation, you name it, I do it all. I'm literally your career cheerleader. And, you know, again, on a mission to uplift this profession. And of course, I also facilitate workshops. I work with universities and organizations to share value, um, again, just to help students, whether they're social workers or not, um, really talk a lot about imposter syndrome, how to navigate the workforce as a first gen um, as one of my Girl. areas of expertise. So, yeah, just connect with me. Send me a message. I know a lot of people in my network. So even if you're like, Harleni, I want to connect with you. I'm not a social worker. Send me a message. I know someone. There's someone out there for everybody. So I know many career coaches. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, thank you, Harleni. I want to do one last thing. And I don't have my cafecito with me because it's late over here. But I've been drinking my juice. <laughs> I'm drinking water, we- y'all water okay good hydrate hydrate that's why your skin's all popping right now and glowing she's drinking water <laughs> i want to do a quick these with you because i love i'm a big believer in the power of words we're talking about storytelling we're talking about building your brand and telling your story out there i'm a big believer in the power of words 
So I want to spend some time with you to do a brindis with our water and our pressed juice. What do you want to manifest for our Latino community and what do you want to cheers to? I want to manifest for us to truly uplift one another, utilize each other as a resource, and just remind ourselves of who we are unapologetically. And just, again, we are a sazón of flavor and we just have so much to offer. Like, never forget that. Never forget that. So cheers to that. That was all the sasson right there. You're like, mm. Mm. at the end of the day, Cheers we come that. in different, different flavors, different colors, different vision, mission. We just, we are powerhouses. Okay. When we connect <laughs> with one another, we're just powerhouses and we understand each other's journey. So you're not alone. There's a community of us out there just waiting to connect with you all. Salud, amiga. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for sharing your story and your beauty and your sazon and your flavor with all of us. It's truly my pleasure. Until next time. Big love and shout out to Adlani. Girl, thank you for doing what you do, for being who you are, and for doing things the way that you do it. We need more of you in this world. If y'all are interested in her career services or in just vibing with the vibe herself, you can see her social media in the show notes or you can go to her website, www.yourevolvedmind.com. In the meantime, I'll see y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme. For all Hello Latino updates, follow Hello Latino Podcast. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram or find me on LinkedIn. My website, olalisjasmine.com, has more information. Pero para ahorita, con mucho amor, tu amiga hondureña.